Hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Bros Podcast. We are Two Bros. This is the Two Bros Podcast, and I'm joined as always by Big Brother. Hello, sir. Welcome again. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm good. Uh, well, to our listeners, I mean, we've been off the air for a while. They we did have uh, something happening in the family, so we took a bit of a break. But now we're back, and uh, this episode we will talk about what else happened this week. It's week number four. How's how's twenty twenty one been for you, bro? You off to a good start. Off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm undergoing this January challenge that mm-hmm. I've done for the last uh, few years. I skipped twenty twenty, and look what happened to the world. Oh no! So bringing balance back, but we'll talk more about it. I think it's a good thing we're doing this episode this week mm-hmm. because if anyone has followed the news this week, uh, they would be forgiven to think that nothing has happened on the planet except the Biden Harris inauguration. Oh yeah, yep. Well, uh, that's why we have this segment where uh, we feel that a lot of media outlets just throw noise at people, and obviously, it's news that reaches people. In fact, news that people want to hear—it's the scandals. But the world, being the place that it is, the wonderful place that it is, there's so much going on, and we will dig deep into that as we will. Now, brother, you and I are big fans of this person, Elon Musk. What a legend! What a man! He's uh, the living embodiment of uh, Tony Stark. The man uh, recently became the world's richest man. He overtook uh, Jeff Bezos, and no love for Jeff Bezos. I mean, fine, I like I'm using Amazon, but getting rich and doing nothing about that money, I don't know. I mean, he's doing something with Blue Origin, but is he though? I don't know. Uh, Elon Musk will make you richer by a hundred million if somehow you figure out how do you carbon capture. Very interesting stuff. Very interesting. So this guy, uh, you know, he's spelled out ages ago that his mission in life is to make uh, humans a multi-planetary species, and along with colonizing Mars or you know the Moon, he's also made it a mission to prolong this planet of ours. Yeah, you know, make it make it as hospitable for as long as he can. And of course, uh, we are facing the wrath of global warming, and carbon capture is one of those directions that people think uh, you know could be successful now you know elon musk to at least all of us ranks as number 1 in the whole billionaires list mm-hmm. yeah a close second or maybe not too close a second but not too far behind either would be the google guys mm-hmm. at least they are doing a bunch of uh, you know humanity taking forward kind of tech and a distant third is jeff bezos and a far distant fourth is mark zuckerberg Oh, who yeah. is the living embodiment of uh, the utterly pointless way of managing your billions hmm. what do you think about that i mean true i mean if you've got the money and think about the numbers here the the sheer numbers like this is wealth you cannot imagine physically like if you were to if one day elon musk goes to a bank and says oh you know what i'm going to cash in and take all that money it's going to be I, i can't even picture that kind of money but you know what he's done with it the things he's come up with the ideas he's come up with the neuralink the the boring company what has jeff bezos done and you know the worst thing is the the uh, work conditions at amazon i mean everybody knows about it what he puts people through he's gotten rich i remember there's a meme that i read uh, i saw somewhere it said uh, the only contribution jeff bezos made was that 40 million billion whatever during his divorce and then his wife has made all those charitable ex wife let's say has made those charitable contributions 
Bezos himself, not so much. Even Zuckerberg, for instance. And uh, people, I mean, it was in the news uh, where WhatsApp is thinking of, uh, you know, sharing data with Facebook. And I mean, that stuff we can live without as a humanity, as humanity, you know, we can live without all that stuff. It does nobody any any good. It makes uh, one guy richer on the planet. And that one guy pretty much uh, just lines his wallet, his pockets. And uh, that's pretty much it. So not a fan, not a fan. But Elon Musk, however, what a legend. Now, this is a story by physics.org. Uh, apparently, the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere was measured at 415 parts per million. That's quite high. Obviously, this is an average. The level is highest in human history and it's growing each year. Now, tech has been developed. You might be familiar in, in Delhi, the government has installed smog towers, right? That's uh, Not quite familiar with how they work, but they're about 10 meters or 10 feet tall and they're erected in those very uh, central uh, slash polluted areas. And they... Uh, capture the carbon now obviously with this it begs the question yes you've captured the carbon what do you do with the residue what do you do once you've collected it so now you're going to have to find carbon wastelands one of the options is obviously the solution to every problem is dumping in the ocean but we don't know you know when so once co2 mixes with water it forms h2co3 carbonic acid if you make your oceans acidic you lose your coral you lose your uh, marine life so Yes, you've captured the carbon. You've come up with a way to deal with it. Uh, still a giant mystery. What are you going to do with all this stuff? And again, we are still at a stage where it is tech that works in a lab. It's nothing has been mass produced at this point. That's correct. And, you know, uh, it's easy. And, you know, again, we are, I think, speaking from no experience, but mostly media, you know, what media has fed us. It's easy, but uh, to do stuff in a lab and very hard to replicate it uh, and extremely hard to replicate commercially. Mm -hmm. You know, commercially is the key thing. Now, uh, if this were a sci-fi novel, I would uh, take all the carbon dioxide or the carbon that you're capturing and send it to Mars and make it a little more hospitable planet for human beings. Mm -hmm. But uh, since space travel itself is in uh, its nascent stage, I think we're a few hundred years away from making that happen where... Entire elements are captured from Earth's atmosphere and used to resettle other planets. Mm-hmm. Well, something I remember reading something very interesting where they have now created diamonds in the lab. They have recreated, or uh, you know, uh, the the conditions that are required to create diamond, the pressure, the the heat, and the time. They've recreated the whole thing. They've simulated the whole thing, and they've made actual diamonds. And diamonds, as we all know, is basically carbon. So we all might be blinging a bit, I guess. I don't know. Might It might be time to invest in some bling. I don't know. That could work. Uh, now let's stay on tech for a while because I, I do feel we are at the cutting edge of innovation here. I mean, fine, we've not invented something which is groundbreaking, but the things which are doing, which we are doing now with them, let's say the cell phone is what, 30 years old now, about 30 years old, but the things we do on cell phones now, everything from uh, you know ordering your food to booking your tickets to... Uh, pretty much everything. Now, this is a, a new tech that's uh, that, that's uh, you know been uh, uh, tested out at the University of Singapore. Apparently, the amount of water in the Earth's atmosphere is enough to fill up half a trillion Olympic-sized swimming pools. Now, that's a lot of water. Now, what this tech does is. It does not use any power source, does not need any battery backup or anything. It just somehow extracts this water from the atmosphere and gives it a portable kind of a, a thing. Now, they've used, they created a substance 
One kilogram of this substance produces 17 liters of water in a day. So now this thing works in the lab. And when you use it in the, in the outside world, you never know because the air outside is not pure. It's got particulates, it's got carbon. So you obviously you don't know what kind of water you end up with. So yeah, tech, very interesting tech in the works. Funny story, bro, that this tech again uh, is from the realm of science fiction. Uh, spoiler alert for people who are looking forward to Dune next year. Uh, the much wanted uh, reimagination of the Dune universe starring Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, read the novels recently and this tech is used to essentially provide a supply of water to a deserted planet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this not even new, this concept uh, has actually been talked about for the better part of a few hundred years, uh, especially in a desert um, survival manual. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to dig a hole, mm -hmm. put any plastic or metal sheet that you have Maybe not metal, I think it was plastic sheet that you have. And make an inverted cone out of it. Mm -hmm. The theory is that condensation is right around us all the time. And any water that's being given up by the soil is then sort of collected by the sheet. And it drips down into yeah. you know, your vessel. Apparently, every few hours, you can have a glass full of water. Yep, yep, with, a, yep. with a little hole that you take with your hands. No, this is something uh, which was taught to us in this like a survival training that we have at sea. Like, let's say if you are, you're, you're abandoned your ship, you're in a lifeboat, you don't have, you have some drinking water, you don't have a lot. What do you do is you take a bowl full of seawater, put a, a plastic film on it, a saran wrap, you know, which you use for food anyway. And in the center of that bowl, you keep like a cup or a glass. And to add some weight, you put a nut or a bowl. So it, like you said, it forms an inverted cone. And you leave it out in the sun. So the seawater evaporates. It condenses on this plastic film. And because of the cone, it directs its way down into the glass. So you have clean drinking water. So yeah, there's something there. Again, question, uh, like you said, uh, it becomes a question of being mass produced. And if it can be used anywhere. And well, in some cases, if, dare I say theft? People can run away with this stuff. It's small. It's portable. I don't know. Something there. Uh, uh, clearly, a lot needs to be done. Well, let's stay on movies. You mentioned uh, a movie that uh, is coming sometime next year. Uh, obviously, when you think of uh, online streaming, you think of Netflix. Netflix now has 200 million subscribers, bro. 200 million. Wow. 200 million. Now, I read somewhere that uh, in order to do your bit for the planet, you should download stuff and watch it. Okay. Even if you're a subscriber to Netflix, Prime, Hotstar, etc. But I think 95% of the people just stream it live because now internet is, you know, all right. And you get speeds where you can just stream stuff and not need, don't need to download it. Mm -hmm. Apparently, streaming is a lot more harmful for the planet. How so? And the link is that uh, if you consume live internet you're essentially responsible for more power consumed by server farms oh, I remember that. and because the power is derived mostly from conventional fuels you're essentially having a larger carbon footprint if you're streaming something to think about i mean i used to i was a big fan of torrents maybe it's time to bring them back but maybe it is, but maybe it is, and maybe the really future is, you know, bit part files stored in multiple devices and accessed when needed. So maybe they were onto something. I mean, the whole thing was illegal, but maybe they were onto something. 
you know dare i say i think we had it all figured out and then it all uh, you know turned and now think of it a lot of people worldwide are switching to bicycles now bicycle is a you know it's such an old invention and ships now are are looking at and believe me they're looking at sky sail technology where basically it's a giant kite or a sail that will be deployed and it basically pulls your ship as you go yes you're using your engines and your propellers but it gives you a 3% reduction in uh, emissions and uh, consumption i think we had it all figured out but we got greedy we got uh, we turned capitalist we wanted everything now 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 and yeah that's why we have uh, we ended up uh, where we have ended up hard to say well there's pros and cons on either side i mean i don't want to wait for my uh, amazon package for god knows how long i don't know but anyway uh staying on uh, movies and films a bit now this is something which came out of uh, our good friends the rajins something very interesting ron i want to take on this because i'm i'm on the fence with this now they have there's there's an animated series called death note we all know it it's on it's on netflix russia has banned it apparently it has violent conduct now tell me something we've seen all kinds of superhero movies and uh let's say violent movies where things blow up and people get hurt and stuff but we have never found ourselves donning a suit and going and beating people up on the street now can how can you how can a government justify banning something by calling it violent content and it might influence people what's your take on this well we don't have to look too far from home do we oh, yeah, exactly. i mean the latest uh, i think the latest piece of content to come under the scanner is thunder yeah on amazon prime i haven't seen it i mean people who've seen it say that it's nothing out of the ordinary mm-hmm. but uh, i think the answer to this is uh, people will politicize whatever can be politicized but i don't see the point in russia trying to politicize anything because it's pretty one dimensional isn't it i mean yeah. if so someone has to score political brownie points why do they have to resort to this so it boggles the mind why death note if it's it's pure fantasy fiction I think another movie that came under the scanner was uh, Priyanka Chopra's new movie uh, The White Tiger. That apparently some people are they have a problem with it and they they want it banned. <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, uh, <laughs> funny thing because it's based on a novel uh written by Harbin Dadiga and this novel came out I think in the last decade. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen the movie yet. I will see it. but the novel is far more graphic if you've been reading indian literature mm-hmm. the novel will shock you oh okay yes so if people didn't call for the book to be banned back then i don't see why people are you know and you know again we are back to the same argument these are not people like us who mm-hmm. want this to be banned these are just people who you know looking to score a few political brownie points i don't know the, the statements they use are like they hurt our sentiments like yeah, that's on you isn't it but i don't know <laughs> that's uh, well a debate for another time staying on movies a bit uh <laughs> bro you're a big fan of uh james bond and daniel craig's james bond now i'm still on the fence with daniel craig i'm not a big fan trust me for me pierce brosnan is still the best bond there is i mean obviously uh some of our older listeners might be rolling their eyes at the moment because you have Sean Connery you have the other people uh but yeah James Bond uh, no time to die has been delayed i don't know for the third time the fourth time i don't know now they're talking about october 2021 well i'm sad i'm i'm really sad i think movie wise we've lost uh, close to 18 months and uh, the sheer list of movies that have been pushed uh, dune we mentioned dune earlier dune is 
so dune consider dune hmm. is supposed to be the uh, fulcrum or or really the source for all of modern science fiction when george lucas wrote scripts for star wars he mentioned dune as one of his inspiration similarly for star trek uh, a lot of stuff a lot of tropes that you've seen in science fiction space operas is, is harks back to dune was it just dune? like yeah was it dune or was it john carter i think it was john no 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 dune okay so uh, dune is the source i mean a lot of ideas are flowed from it and just like in high fantasy the source is lord of the rings mm-hmm. you know all of what has come later is inspired by lord of the rings yeah so uh, it's sad you know no time to die black widow i mean wonder woman was the exception but now i think we know why that was the exception because somebody would have seen the movie and realized okay this is not that great to <laughs> postpone yeah. uh, you've seen the movie actually you can talk about it i haven't seen the movie big big letdown big letdown when i saw 1984 uh, wonder woman and uh, it was playing on tv the, the original movie was playing on tv about a day before i went and i i saw the original movie well the ending was a bit weird for me but a nice build up a good storyline nice action the fighting sequences are pretty amazing as an origin story it does not get better than that but the follow up disaster Well, I reckon not everybody can do a Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh, you do not want to get America. into this whole Marvel DC. <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, or, or dare I say, uh, The Dark Knight to Batman Begins. Oh, that the, I agree. The art of uh, making a good sequel, I think, is is rare. That I agree with. And speaking of sequels, John Wick four and five are in the making, brother. Now I remember back then. You were you had not even seen John Wick and I had gone by myself to see John Wick 3 which is John Wick Parabellum or something Parabellum. yeah Parabellum and then I said you like what 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 is this movie you're watching what is this and I I remember we sat through it and we saw all three of them together in the same night and then you turned instantly you became a John Wick fan a John Wick 4 in the making it's going to start filming this year and apparently John Wick 5 has already been agreed so we got two more John Wicks to look forward to Keanu Reeves I mean he's the absolute gold standard for how humans should be oh, right I, I let us digress for a bit I'll take 30 seconds to narrate a narrate an anecdote I read on the internet mm-hmm. so apparently Keanu Reeves walked into a cinema in some you know small town in the US where he had a half day off mm-hmm. from something he was shooting and uh, the guy at the window he tried to tell uh, keanu reeves that he could have his employee discount <laughs> to watch the movie oh, wow. because then what would what would have happened was that he would have had to sign a form mm-hmm. so he would have effectively gotten keanu reeves autograph so keanu yeah. reeves was probably uh, dumbstruck about why would he want to you know get a discount etc he didn't work here or whatever mm-hmm. and then he passed and then he came back and he talked to the cashier and he said oh i realized that you're trying to buy uh trying to get my autograph mm-hmm. and in doing so he gave him his autograph on a slip of paper mm-hmm. now it gets better okay the slip of paper was a receipt for a softy mm-hmm. which keanu reeves tossed into the dustbin mm-hmm. so he bought a softy oh. to get a piece of paper <laughs> so that he could sign it for the cashier so he's absolutely the gold standard and uh, to fans he has said that i will make as many john wick movies as you guys want that is and i mean <laughs> what does one say to that so yeah john wick came out uh, i was you know uh, it was very, very impressive you know 
as out and out action movies go i think they are a dying genre but mm-hmm. john wick's come back each john wick has gotten better yeah that i agree with and like rightly said man keanu reeves what a guy what a guy he is uh, i think they had given him a term he is uh, the world's boyfriend or something <laughs> i don't know something there like, i'm not quite sure what what it was exactly but something on those lines that he's uh, i don't know like uh, the perfect partner or something but what a guy what a what a guy and uh, yeah john wick 4 and 5 in the works uh, for our fans out there now uh, let's uh, let's uh, pivot a little bit and this uh, news took me a bit by surprise and got me thinking you know a little bit because we, the, we this already exists but now it's becoming more and more mainstream now that we think about it i read this on engadget magazine Airbnb is now like obviously we heard about uh, the riots at the capital now Airbnb is trying to uh, pinpoint those people who participated and uh, they are going to case basically get blocked from using uh, their Airbnb service in the future now this is there i say a different version of social media where now everything you like everything you do everything you put out there in the world is getting tracked and they they're forming like a social profile of some kind Now we already know this is a thing in China, where if your social score goes below, you have trouble getting loans. Your interest rates are higher. Let's say you can't get jobs. Your train tickets, planes might even uh, you know refuse to give you tickets. Are we heading towards that kind of a future, bro? So uh, two things come to mind. Uh, the first thing is uh, the very dystopian 1984, the novel by George Orwell, where essentially the state can see and control everything, and every human mind is essentially an automaton. Uh, the other thing, which is a bit more futuristic, a bit more relevant, is that episode in Black Mirror mm-hmm. where everybody uh, rates everybody else, yeah. and based on your average rating, you get. to live some place you get to work some place you get decided if you can you know rent a car you know rent a plane ticket etc that you mentioned now this is worrying for liberalism mm-hmm. as uh, you know as uh, as loosely at dare put it the thing is that it's sad that apps and services like airbnb and uber that started out as expressions of individual freedom you know uber mm-hmm. you don't you're not at the mercy of fixed places mm. the the service will come to you wherever you are rather than you having to walk to a taxi stand or you know agree to some guy's terms of service ditto for airbnb you could you know break free from the cartelization of all the nice places in the world where if you've got to go to saint tropez you've got to fork out 200 dollars a night or you mm. know all that kind of stuff yeah and now they're turning against the users so i mean fine it is starting out with rioters at the capital but what's to say that uh, tomorrow if the world turns on biden and harris airbnb is not going to join the bandwagon and say that hey oh, okay if you liked uh, joe biden's post then uh, you're barred from using airbnb yeah. so as much as the world hated trump and as much as you know he did what he did and didn't do what he didn't do twitter banning trump mm. is still you know a very very bitter pill to swallow i mean how like i can't wrap my my head around somebody getting banned off of a free service i remember reading a meme somewhere that uh the person who has the nuclear launch codes is considered unfit to have a twitter account and <laughs> i mean that itself tells you what you need to know about that uh, now some moving on to some very interesting uh, stories brother people obviously have uh, uh, i mean everybody dealt with the pandemic a bit differently but these people have taken it to the next level a man an indian man by the name of aditya singh 
stayed at Chicago's O'Hare Airport for at least uh, a while till he was found out. It says here, since 19th October 2020 to 16th of January 2021, he lived at the airport fearing the pandemic. And finally, he was found and he was ejected from the premises. Now, that is next level paranoia. I don't know if it's paranoia or just the fact that he didn't want to come back to India. <laughs> well, that could be it. Now, this is another thing where uh, this is there's an archaeological site, okay? It's called the Caral site in Peru. Now, apparently, and this is 5,000 years old, the civilization, the, the, uh, the, the ruins, basically. Uh, they've got some kind of squatters there who are refusing to go back home because they're like, no, we live here now because there's a pandemic outside. We don't want to go there. It's a UNESCO heritage site. These guys are just staying there and they don't want to go back. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. You said it. Ridiculous to the core. And staying on the ridiculous for a while, brother, bear with me. The story is is beyond... uh, I, I can't understand how this works. A Navy officer in Russia... And I'm going to read this off Marine Inside magazine. Fantastic. Investigating for... He is getting investigated for a maritime crime where he conspired to steal propellers of his own ship. <laughs> now, what kind of a captain are you? Know, obviously, I mean, in his defense, uh, the ship wasn't in service. It was in a dock. It was sitting there for a while. And he didn't know when it was going to go, uh, you know, actually be used or we were going to get scrapped. The man said, I'm going to take off the propeller, which weighs 26 tons, and sell it. But he got caught. But a man is bravado. He's he's a brave man. Brave man to attempt it for sure. 26 tons. What what is he trying to sell the propeller for? Like scrap metal? Scrap metal, yeah. It's bronze. It's phosphor bronze kind of material. It's it's, it's expensive stuff. I'll give you that. And it's, you know, the amount of machining that goes into a lot of it's it's prime property that, that way. Removing a propeller of your own ship. I mean, what? at what point did you think that people are not going to realize that oh, this ship is missing a propeller? I mean, <laughs> hilarious. Hilarious. Now, talking about bravado, bro. Uh, when, you, when we think of magicians, we think of some very cliched tricks like uh, the disappearing of the, the, the pigeon, a pigeon appearing out of nowhere, bunnies and a rabbit, and of course, sewing a woman in half. Now, last week, we celebrated 100 years of that trick. Can you imagine, 100 years ago, somebody came up with this trick. We're going to put a woman in a box, we're going to saw her in half, split the two boxes, show it to the fans, put it back together, and voila, she's a whole woman again. Do you know how this trick is done? Well, I know versions of this trick, and, uh, you know, we've seen some magic shows, uh, Penn and Teller being one of them. Mm -hmm. Where versions of this trick keep happening. So they keep getting better and better. But I think in uh, the original trick has uh, a dummy compartment wherein you're supposed to sort of fold your legs in. Mm -hmm. And a child or somebody else is in the bottom compartment and you see the legs come out. Yeah. And essentially, uh, you know, it's basically a false compartment trick. Yeah, let me just say that. They're, they're two. They're definitely they're two people. And remember, the show used to come on AXN. Remember AXN back then? Yeah, yeah. Magician's biggest secrets revealed. Do you remember that show? Yes. I think they, they did an episode on that where they uh, pretty much uh, explained how it works. But uh, I like magic, and uh, you would know I've tried my hand at magic. I do know a few, I do know a few tricks. Very interesting. The 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 high you get from 
pulling a trick off in front of somebody's face right under their nose and them not realizing what has happened there's a, it's a different feeling altogether but i i do hope i can get better at some point i mean i right, right now it's just uh, uh party tricks to, <laughs> so to speak now speaking of uh, things you can do at home physics.org and man i find myself at this website like a lot of times they did a study and uh, they've come to the conclusion that men did more household work during the pandemic now question to you bro obviously i was at sea when this pandemic happened what extra household chores slash work did you find yourself doing before and after the pandemic hit well it's a bit of a chalk and cheese situation i think before the pandemic it was a typical indian sort of household where uh there were people to clean etc cooking was yeah also done by other people or you know take out was ordered mm-hmm. post pandemic i find myself doing everything which is doing the dishes cleaning washing you know mm-hmm. all of it so essentially this pandemic has uh, made the household more i would say westernized mm-hmm. wherein you know there aren't people coming in to help you out with stuff So yeah, everything, everything's been happening, and now I, of course, you're doing that too. I am, I am, yeah. I mean, uh, well, I, I would much rather. I, I quite like it. It's, it's nice this way, you know. You're self-reliant, but uh, well, yeah. Now moving on to the next story. This woman had to be self-reliant on her luck, and this is again in our uh, ongoing series of animals taking vengeance against uh, human humans. A woman. in england nottinghamshire was in the shower when a swan flew in crashing through the window now man i tell you the animals have taken the war to us it's happening bro believe it well if it was the goat the last time around <laughs> and yeah uh, what what can i say uh, Uh, definitely not the swan song she wanted. Oh no, you did not, man. <laughs> that was the only thing that popped into my head. Well, to our listeners, to I am I am shaking my head at your behalf. But anyway, moving on. Now let's move on to things. Uh, another very interesting study by N Gadget Magazine. Now ASICS, the company we know ASICS, we love ASICS. They did a study where they used EEGs uh, on runners. They tracked their data. They kept monitoring them. Now turns out, it is now a proven fact. that running makes you happier and this is where you can tell us about your 3 for 31 it's you're already on day number 24 if i'm not wrong how does it feel i remember back in december you were not that physically active and now all through january you've just been pushing yourself doing 5k's every day tell us your transformation tell us how you feel so uh, let's set a few things straight you're an asics guy i'm more of an adidas guy <laughs> i do so like asics number yeah. one hmm. uh yes physical exercise makes you happier there are chemical and biological reasons for it if the human body is considered a test tube of chemicals mm-hmm. staying active simply produces more of the chemical that is linked to happiness it's as straightforward as that on the personal side uh, i try and do this challenge every january uh, i've done it three uh, previous years I missed 2020, and now I'm back at it. Where I try and run uh, 5k every day. I try and get a workout uh, every day, and I follow the yoga, uh, you know, ritual or regime that is put forward by 
uh, Adrian Mishler every mm-hmm. January. Okay. So uh, three things every day. Uh, it's a bit of a jump start. So you know, if you're uh, if you consider your body to be a dead car battery, this is the equivalent of a jump start to give yourself. Mm-hmm. It is shocking to say the least. Uh, you're in pain. You're in. Uh, yeah, there's not much bandwidth to do other things. Let's just put it that way. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're going to work. You're coming back. You're falling asleep you're eating right you can't get a drink because if you drink your schedule is thrown off kilter but slowly and steadily the results come in so the inches go the brain wakes up you know earlier you get good sleep mm-hmm. i can't overemphasize that you fall asleep like clockwork by you know as late as you want to push it but you get 7 8 hours of quality sleep and i think you function better as a human being Fantastic. And for our listeners, we have covered all of this in detail in our three-part series, uh, Fitness for the Average Jane or Joe. Now, let's stick on, uh, like you touched up on, on some points uh, there. I'm reading this uh, article of bbc.com. With depression, anxiety, depression and anxiety have estimatedly cost the global economy a trillion dollars per year. A trillion dollars. That's what it costs us. And another story here that said 60% of adults thought their mental health had gotten worse during the lockdown. So obviously a thing like running or picking up any kind of a physical challenge will boost your mood and, you know, make you go through those blues. Obviously, I mean, we're no experts here, but at least it's a start. It gets you somewhere. Now, the same intention was, uh, you know, they were in the hindsight by this company, which developed a wearable deck, a company in UK. They've uh, asked their employees to wear this thing on their wrist. It's got two buttons, doesn't do anything, doesn't track anything, doesn't tell you your time, your heart rate, your breathing rate, nothing. It's got two buttons, you're happy or you're sad. If you're happy at work, you press the happy smiley face. If you're sad, you press the frowny face. And that data goes to a central server and it tells your boss if you're happy or not. Do you find yourself, you, <laughs> do you find yourself using this tech, bro? Very, very interesting. Well... I think this text should be made compulsory. <laughs> <laughs> Happy days. Man, talk about uh, useless uh, tech, man. I mean, I mean, I like tech, but the things they build, like, think of, when I think of useless tech, and this is immediately that's come to me, it's a pistol, but it's a lighter. Why do we want that? Why is that a thing? Bro, you'll be surprised that the number one selling lighter on Amazon, and I know this because I was looking for a household lighter, you know, to okay, light, yeah. light candles and stuff and not use matches all the time. Okay. So I clicked lighters and I clicked top 100 or, you know, what is that? Most popular. Uh-huh. And it shows you a list. The number one lighter on that list is the lighter shaped like a gun. Oh, no. <laughs> so I don't know what people are on. Maybe, you know, they want the real thing, but this is the closest they can get. But coming back to your original uh, news item about happy, sad, etc. Now, mm-hmm. we started working in the last decade, towards the end of the last decade, right? And while you went to see and uh, in see, everyone is, uh, you know, donning multiple hats. Like there's no specialist HR manager, mm-hmm. right? To figure out who's doing what at the ship. Yeah. But in land, these roles are specialized. So I have it on authority from a friend who used to work in a big IT company. And he said that one of the key result areas for an HR manager was to do something called Fundu Friday. What? Okay. <laughs> What's Fundu Friday. What's Fundu Friday? 
yeah fundu friday well the entire uh, thing with jig was that on friday afternoons you do something so that people are happy and the point was why do something if you could just send people home early on a friday <laughs> and they'd be happier man so uh, you know there is this indian or, or should i say dated way of thinking that make employees happy at work mm-hmm. whereas all of the other sciences proving that you actually if you just send people home earlier or shorten the work week or mm. you know even shorten the number of hours per day people will be happier and all of that is throwing flown you know just flowing outside the window and people are trying to scratch their head and say you know how can we make people happier and funner at work so just I remember this friend of mine told me a story where I mean we were talking and he said okay uh, I got to go I'm like what what's the plan what are you doing he's like I have a zoom call with my office where we all going to hang out with a glass of wine or a beer in our hands in front of the laptop and it's compulsory and it's like this compulsory sense of fun that you're supposed to have fun at work and this is what your your boss tells you to do to have fun I don't know man it misses the point a bit for me but uh, yeah man do what you can with that uh, talking about some useful tech uh, tech brother drones which will be deployed to uh, you know to explore mars are being tested in iceland now obviously you have certain areas on planet earth itself think of death valley think of uh, the extreme the poles you know they kind of simulate the the kind of atmosphere the kind of scenarios you can expect on uh other other planets in fact i do think they have developed like a mars society or a colony on earth and there are people training there right now to get used to the conditions of mars to you know see how it goes now they go they're exploring tech like drones in iceland can you can, you, can you just picture human drones on a different planet Bro I can totally picture it and I have to thank Mr Musk for all this uh, sci-fi turning into reality. Uh and now that you think about it wasn't it obvious that instead of thinking land based rovers mm-hmm. we should have been thinking drones all yeah. the while you know yeah. you get more area covered uh, you know easier design lesser chances of malfunctioning and you Honestly, know you're just doing... generally more sort of reliable and cheaper. you can build entire drone swarms for the kind of cost it takes to make one curiosity rover or whatever now the thing is that i shared a science fiction podcast with you recently mm-hmm. and that spoke about a particular scenario and actually you know what we should link that particular episode here it's from a channel called dust yeah and the episode is called through the eye of a needle mm-hmm. okay and i and i uh, shared that back with you because i found it to be the most scintillating piece of science fiction i've heard <laughs> and the premise without spoiling it too much for you is that uh humanities travel through space will be like how data flows through a fiber mm-hmm. the data will get to the end of the fiber much quicker than our bodies would mm so bodies essentially will be dispensable yeah and minds as data streams will be left free to sort of roam the universe and that's true because you think of colonizing the rest of the solar system what is the the ultimate thing that holds you back it's your own body you cannot handle extreme temperatures extreme pressures extreme cold even 
and you have a problem if there's no breathable air, you're done. So that's it. And that basically limits that it uh, eliminates pretty much the majority of the of the universe, you know, because hospitable conditions are well, as far as I know, they found Earth like planets, but we don't know what the atmosphere is like. Maybe there's too much nitrogen, oxygen, CO2. We don't know. So it's well, I would like to uh, take this point to make a recommendation to our listeners. Sure. Altered Carbon. That, that show carbon, got cancelled. That show got cancelled. It was no good. It it got cancelled <laughs> because season 3 was pretty crap. Okay. But seasons okay. 1 and 2 were very, very good. And it was amongst the most watched shows during the time. Perfect. Now, let me just uh, go back to drones a bit. And the, the, this is a point that you touched on. We should have been doing this all along. Think about it. When you have a rover... You have things like terrain to think about, you know, Martian terrain, there's rocks, there's sand, there's craters. You don't know if you get stuck, you're done. But if you have a drone, think about it. If you have a Mars orbiter, you don't need to land anything. The thing can orbit Mars, stay in a stable orbit and you deploy drones. And then if it's it's, it's done its job, you call it back to recharge or resupply or transmit data and whatnot. You don't need to have projectiles landing on Mars, which essentially just sort of ruins it. And uh, well, think about it. India is planning another lunar uh, landing mission. They're going to pretty much recreate the whole thing. They're going to have a lander and a rover and an orbiter. But uh, as we recall last time, everything went uh, according to plan till the point where they were about about a mile off the surface of the moon and everything. They lost communication. It kind of went haywire. But if you can eliminate the need to land on foreign surfaces and just use drones instead, well, it's a total game changer. They're talking about tech. Which, uh, again, uh, we love tech. We love tech. There's been, uh, there's a legally, and this is, I'm reading this off Engadget magazine again. A legally blind man, 78 years old, has regained his sight after being the inaugural patient to receive a promising new kind of corneal implant. So it's not that extensive kind of a surgery. It's not that invasive either. There's a new tech that has developed and a 78-year-old legally blind man has regained his sight. That is brilliant. It is uh, just the kind of news you want to hear, you know. And uh, such a breakthrough will mean so much for somebody who has not seen God's good earth. I mean, I'm glad. Think about it. Uh, We have come a long way where there were cases where if you have uh, polio, for instance, if you have gangrene setting in some of your wounds, you have to amputate uh, the wound. Not only have we taken care of those infections, those problems, but talking about tech in terms of prosthetics, the the prosthetics and obviously you worked at Adidas. The prosthetics that people use for running and stuff, you know, they've gotten cutting edge. They've gotten so good, you know. So the quality of life and obviously they've got a lot of uh, you got to thank science and uh, research and R and D for all these things. And we've come a long way, but clearly we're in a better position to serve uh, humanity's needs. You know, come up, uh, you know, overcome these obstacles, these problems that uh, do service and limit our ability in living a full life. So kudos to the guys who did it. Well done, sir. And that concludes our podcast, brother. Indeed, it does. Uh, Albeit, I have one news item left. Sure, fire away. So, Hyundai. And, uh, you know, we are are owners of Korean cars and Hyundai and now Kia. Mm -hmm. Hyundai is bringing its N-line lineup to India, brother. What, really? Yes. I see that that's got you a surprise. I did not expect this. Do I do I assume that you'll be first in line to buy the N-Line i20 cranking out 204 horsepower? I am there. There's no doubt about it. Think about it. Hot hatch. 
200 horsepower lightweight the power to weight ratio speaks for itself it's right there it's gold is what it is and we have this is i've been crying out you know that i've been crying out for a fast car for ages none of the cars in india are fast i mean of course rule out the supercars the hypercars no a regular poor man's hatchback affordable fast car that's what we've been crying for in this country Now the it. affordability part is still up in the air. Oh, Rumors okay. are that when it does come in, it will come in north of twenty lakhs. Oh, shit. But still, it is so much better than you know buying a toned down Mini Cooper at forty lakhs. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that's a good beginning. And if they can get the WRC spec N line i twenty. 1.6 liter turbocharged petrol cranking at 204 horsepower stiff suspension stiff chassis spec'd out race bucket seats minimal sort of this thing i think there's a market for that kind of hatch you know this reminds me of a dialogue from the original fast and the furious movie where uh, dominic toretto tells paul walker so much torque the chassis twisted on his dog charger <laughs> just like <laughs> I'm keen. I'm keen on what this car can do, and uh, exciting times, man. I'm going to be heading in a good direction. But hope it comes in time because uh, 2030 is a bit of a deadline for these people, aren't we? For the internal combustion engine, you will see uh, a big shift towards electric uh, propulsion at some point. But yeah, good news, happy days, and brother, thank you so much for this piece of news, and thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. See you. Thank next- you. See you next time.